0: Good
1: the Criterion Creeps podcast. I'm Jarrett Duncan. I'm RJ Bayog. and we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're selling Bibles and feeding raccoons as we watch Spine 122 and 123 in the Criterion Collection. Uh, the Marseille sales brothers, oh, salesmen <laughs> from Marseille. I wanted to say Marseille measles, measles.
0: The measles brothers. Um, it's, uh, come on. It's very simple. Hold on, Maisel, hold on. Maisels? It's, uh, the Maisels. It's the Maisels. Yeah. Maisels.
1: Those guys. Salesmen from 1968 and Gray Gardens from 1976. But first, RJ. What? Uh, how was your
0: weekend? It was fine. <laughs> how was your weekend? Did you, did you do any reading this weekend? We gotta bump up your vocabulary a little bit. Um... Your pronunciations. That's, that has nothing to do with reading. I don't know. It could help. Maybe. We'll go to phonics school. Hooked on phonics. Did you ever do hooked on phonics when you were a little kid? No, RJ. I did not. You don't have to be all high and mighty about it. I did hooked on phonics. Yeah. Did it work for you? Well, you tell me. Yeah. Do you hear a speech impediment? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Indeed. Yeah. So, what's up? What's shaking? What's going on? It's, it's hot as shit. You got that right, buddy.
1: Yeah, I'm really glad that my uh, place of work has air conditioning. Um, because after walking there, for, after 20 minutes, I hit that, and it's just like, ooh, it's like a blast of hot water. Hot are you water, that, cold water.
0: Are you that guy that shows up to work, and you're, like, real sweaty? And no. you're like, oh, it's good to be in the cool, but you're, like, already super sweaty and stinky?
1: No, I have to to get to that uh, the sweat zone. I've got to be going at least 30. So, I'm mm. pretty I'm pretty good by the time I get there and you know, having pretty good uh, good walking under my belt, uh, I think I'm okay. I see some people walk in from their car to the door and they're like completely soaked cuz they're not the healthiest of people. So, I'm are doing they, okay. Are they nice people though? Mm, you, I don't know. Sometimes sometimes they're very mm. ill-tempered.
0: Yeah, maybe it's from the heat.
1: And unhappy in their lives.
0: Maybe it's from the heat and balking around all that uh, extra cargo. Whoa. I didn't isn't that whats not that what we're Whoa. implying here?
1: No, not at all. Huh? Not at all. Not on this uh, podcast. Well, we're above, people will we're record above and... such petty things.
0: Well, someone can go back to the tapes and listen to the things that you've said about some of the people on this show.
1: Yeah. Uh, I had a guy uh, trying to sell me some comics because uh, he got laid off and he was hard up for money. And uh, there, there wasn't much I could do for him.
0: Were his comics was, any good?
1: Uh, he had like two out of about 400 comics that were worth any amount of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just c- couldn't seal the deal. I told him uh, in that scenario, it would be best if he like tried to sell himself on Kijiji and make a bit more than we were willing to pay him. And I was fine mm-hmm. with that.
0: Oh, baby. Yeah. Well, it's uh, too bad that you couldn't help the poor guy out. These, these grim uh,
1: economic times.
0: That uh, that comic store is uh, fleecing people left and right. I I see. No,
1: it's because I, I don't like to fleece people. That's mm. the, that's the truth of the matter.
0: It's not how I felt.
1: Well, you know, some
0: people deserve it. Mm. Speaking of deserving things, I didn't I, I didn't feel I deserved the uh, the assault on social media this week that you put on uh, that Instagram. I don't know what you're referencing. I feel like we should talk about this a little bit. Okay. So I I went away for the weekend uh andrea and i we went to uh british columbia which by the way that's my first time i've ever been to bc what <laughs> yeah well i've been in the airport but i've actually never been to bc before you
1: think you've never been to vancouver
0: no why would i go to vancouver that place looks like it sucks jesus i would ju- i would re- i've been to seattle a bunch of times and seattle looks like better vancouver hmm does that mean anything okay go on okay and it- so yeah so we went, uh, we, we had a little weekend in the mountains. Uh, Andrea's sister gifted her a weekend for uh, helping out with weddings and such and such. So we went to this place, we were poolside, we were drinking uh, pina coladas, we were eating schnitzel. Everything was good. It was all right. And uh, my the, our usual cat sitters, because we got two cats, uh, my stepmom usually check uh, comes in and checks in on them. But she was gone last weekend. And uh, other family members weren't here all either. So we were kind of in a pinch. We're like, oh, shit, who's going to check in on our precious little darlings? So uh, we <laughs> called the big man, <laughs> JFD himself, which was a gamble. <laughs> Giving him a key to the house and even letting him know where we live to begin with. That was a big risk on my part because now he knows where I live. And uh, I don't know if I, I feel comfortable here anymore. But anyways. We asked you to check on the cats. You did it. It was very nice of you. But uh, I feel like you took some liberties uh, as you were here. There were Things were moved around, shuffled around. Things were out of place. And uh, I noticed uh, some pictures were taken of uh, some of my precious um, collectibles, uh, one of which you put on the Instagram, which is a fancy figurine statue of a lion and a tiger uh, in a death grip. They're fighting, they're brawling. It's like Spartacus level shit. It's, it's the wildest shit you ever seen. This is a cool statue. I've had this thing since I was like five years old, maybe. It's very precious to me. And Jarrett went and sullied it on the internet saying that it was some kind of sexual thing. A sex statue, if you will. And I feel, uh, I feel a little bit uh, hurt by that, you know? This is a special thing, Jarrett. Mm-hmm. I've had that for for over twenty years. Yeah, I like that thing. Yeah, they're not they're not making.
1: <laughs> Is that it? Is that all you got? That's it.
0: That's hmm. it. What, do no. you care to comment on well, this at all? I
1: just wonder, Mike. Am I the first person to have pointed this out?
0: No, most people are like, "Oh, killer statue, dude! Where can I get such a fine piece of art?"
1: Are these like the weird people you have over while you're like in your costumes?
0: Ah, uh, the only time I'm in a costume is on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Friend.
1: Yeah. The, well, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to offend you. I mean, I guess it's your lifestyle. I mean.
0: Yeah. Who Who are you to be judging on other people's lifestyle? See, this is what it comes up every week. You're always putting down some sort of p- people, whether it's the way they look, the way they act, the color of their hair, all sorts of stuff, mm-hmm. their sexual preferences. <laughs> And maybe even the kind of statues that they have in their house, the things that they hold dear. Um, At least I
1: didn't take pictures of your uh, bane.
0: Yeah, I got that a couple years ago. It, uh, it's here. It's a thing that exists.
1: Yeah, yeah that's a uh, Tom Hardy bane of Dark Knight Rises fame.
0: Do you know any uh, local comic stores that might be interested in purchasing that? At mm-hmm. uh, a good deal, like I would, I'd say about hundred and eighty dollars. No. Okay, I'll give it to you for 150. <laughs> no. Whatever. You're not even talking about the other cool stuff that was in our house. Like the cats. Did you see did you see my macho man? Uh, I've seen the macho man before. Yeah, and you're not impressed by that?
1: It's fine. It's it's no uh it's not lion tiger
0: sex, but uh you know, it's fine. Did you see my mousy tongue incense diffuser? No. Fuck, you didn't even look around this house at all. No, I, I was, it was an in-and-out job. I thought you would be snooping and like cre- creeping and going through my drawers and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's why I asked you to come check in on it. I see. Well,
1: I found something and I uh, decided to share it with the world. Well... And it seems we got a lot of attention, so mission accomplished.
0: Hmm. Well, you know what? Whatever. I think that thing is cool. So I, I, up your nose with a rubber hose. How do you like that? I, I like it just fine. All right. This is this is over. This is run, its course.
1: Yes. So hey, RJ. Why? <laughs> we got we got emails.
0: Plural.
1: Plural. Hit him. We got feedback about our big question from last week do you remember what that question was nope don't care <laughs> what, what it was about your future about what you're going to be watching or playing
0: I've already abandoned all of that so
1: yeah well yep. at the time uh, when you this is from a, a week ago when it would would have mattered mm-hmm. uh, you had wondered hey should I watch Dragon Ball or should I play Metal Gear mm-hmm Ryan Nagle uh, wrote in and you need uh,
0: phonics, buddy. <laughs> and you got to get hooked.
1: He uh, he wrote in, mailing in to cast my vote for RJ to play through Metal Gear. Given Jared's knowledge of the series through YouTube cuts, it could be a cool segment to hear RJ remind you of the story through a perspective of actually playing the games. It's the best game series ever. Do it. Um, mm, I have bold I have
0: statement. I
1: have actually played all through two, like a couple times. I actually enjoy that game a lot. Uh, yeah. Metal Gear 2, man. That game is pretty fun. And that's the one with uh, uh, Raiden. The not, Raiden? 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 Whatever. The one that everyone hates. He's in that one. Oh. But it works well. That game's fun. Um, and then the first one I've played probably a half of that game. I was never good enough to finish it. Didn't care. But yeah, oh. and then 3 and 4 I have tried playing and just did not like. Which brings us to our second email from Oliver Granger, who Uh-oh. also weighed in. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I watched all of Dragon Ball uncut in Japanese maybe eight years ago, but was burnt out when I got to Dragon Ball Z and didn't make it past 30 episodes. Starting last year, I tried to play all the Metal Gear Solid games. I loved the first two but I couldn't mm-hmm. stand the third one. The controls were fucking awful, and once again, I was just burnt out. I tried skipping three and played four. Man, that one pissed me off. Like many other stealth games, Dishonored, they give you so many cool weapon options but then tell you not to kill anyone. And when I did get into a gunfight, I realized the enemies were spawning infinitely. So fuck that. Uh, I gave up on that too. So my suggestion is neither.
0: Wow, that's a bold stance. Mm-hmm. That's a JFD uh, opinion right there. Yeah. Hey, Jared, what should I do? This or that? Don't do anything. Yeah. Just go away. Do nothing. Just do nothing. Do less. Do less. Hmm. Well, I'm glad that uh, people uh, emailed in and, uh, you know, care about my future and what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, we have one for MGS and uh, one vote uh, for the alternative, mm-hmm. which would be. I don't know. You're already watching hardcore porn, so I don't really know what else I could go to. Hmm. If Between porn, video games, and Dragon Ball. Stephen King. I talk about that all the time, though.
1: I not lately. How's that new book? Huh. Which one? The one that's out the, that just came out. The Outsider? Yeah.
0: I haven't read it yet. What? I'm still reading books of blood, man. That shit's long. <sighs> There's six books there, buddy. That's not that long. Uh, yeah got little print dude real little print oh yeah hooked on phonics i forgot yeah hooked on phonics anyways so uh huh maybe maybe someone else if anyone else emails in for a tiebreaker then we'll decide
1: <laughs> or but you still e- someone will email in for dragon ball and then we'll be at a zero sum my yep. vote my vote you know is metal gear so your vote is metal gear yeah i told you that last week mm.
0: I thought you, well, oh yeah, you did say that. MGS. So we, got, so we got two for Metal Gear and one for nothing. Yeah. Okay, I'll give it another week because uh, full disclosure, I already started watching those Dragon Ball movies. Oh. So, but I'm. it's like they're only like half an hour long, so I'm just squishing them in between things. So no. whatever. Right. Whatever, man. I'll do whatever I feel like. Fine. How's that?
1: It's your life. It is? It's your body. Your life,
0: my body, my choice, Jarrett. Yeah, right.
1: Well, speaking of which, hey, RJ. Why in your choices? What have you been creeping on this week?
0: Well, I watched a few things, and I'll leave it at that. Wow. Uh, I well, I was gone for the weekend, so I didn't actually watch that uh, that much. Um, there were two movies I caught while uh, I was away. They're playing in like, you know, when you're in a hotel and you kind of just turn the TV on and you kind of let it roll while you're doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so like when Andrew was getting ready on uh, Friday, I watched a little bit of Friday the 13th part two. I'm not going to talk about that now, but that was one thing. I watched a bit of that. Uh, but there were two movies that I caught almost the entirety of uh, in between things while uh, I was waiting in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. And uh, I filed these under hotel picks uh, because they were on. So I watched them. I watched this movie, Jarrett, called 30 Minutes or Less by Ruben Flesher. You know the guy who did Zombieland, Gangster Squad, and the upcoming Venom movie? Huh. Uh, I, do you know this movie? It's about... No. Uh, okay, so this movie is about... It's got Jesse Eisenberg, Aziz Ansari, Danny McBride, and uh, Danny McBride and Nick Swartzen kidnap Jesse Eisenberg and then put a bomb on his chest. Uh, he's a pizza delivery guy, and they're like, "Go rob a bank and bring us the money, and oh. then uh, we'll take the bomb off." Uh, so apparently, this is a real thing that yeah, happened. It's it like is. a real, it's like a real uh, and, 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 and sad and, and morbid been,
1: story. And it's a Netflix documentary that I talked about not that long ago.
0: Oh, I, well, I don't listen when you talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, anyways, this is the comedy telling of it. Uh, this movie is a straight comedy. Um, it's the painter gain. Yeah, yeah, it's the pain or gain. Uh, I think this one misses a little bit uh, in that sense because it seems like I don't know. There, there's like people like actually dying, but it's not funny. Like the Rock isn't barbecuing their limbs, which is funny for everyone. I don't know. This movie's kind of weird. It's uh, kind of bad, and it's also like uh, you're watching it, and I think some some echo of you in the back of my mind while it was on. I was like, I feel like this was. I was like, okay, I know this really happened, but I feel like what really happened was like way darker than this and uh, like kind of a bummer. So I was like, this is a weird movie to make a comedy out of. Uh, there's a few jokes in it, and those are fine. Uh, this movie is only 80 minutes long, so uh, it's not really, it's not like a real movie. Is that false almost. advertising? No, check it out. It's, no, it's 80 movie, minutes long. Well, the movie's called 30 Minutes or Less. Get out of here get out of here come on Jeez. anyways uh it had a couple jokes but uh on the whole i didn't much care for it hmm. and that's my hot take wow buddy i didn't much care for it <laughs> uh a movie came on after though that was uh better uh because it had my main man paul rudd in it Ant-Man? uh yeah ant man himself uh, so this no he's not wasp he's ant man yeah. Get it together, so see, man. So
1: you didn't watch Ant Man and Wasp? You watched something no one cares about.
0: Uh, someone might care about this, and no. by someone I mean you, because you're going to listen to it, whether you like it or not. Uh, I watched a movie called Wonderlust from 2012, and this was made by the uh, you know Wet Hot American Summer. Uh huh. It was made by all those guys, like uh, one of the guys who directs it, and then all yeah. those dudes Luckily that are in and Black. Wet- yeah. Uh, you know he didn't direct it. He's in this though.
1: Well, yeah, that, that crew, Stella, which you have never watched probably because you no.
0: suck. You mm. should watch. You should watch Stella. While we're on Michael Ian Black, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm totally on board with that guy. Mm, you I feel to... like isn't he like good friends with Chris Hardwick? Do you think? Do you think he's like keeping people in in his house against their will? Allegedly. Allegedly. No, I don't. Okay. Well yeah, that Dude, uh, you know, Ken Marino, Joe Lou Truglia, Catherine Hahn, all those wet hot people. Wet hot people. You know what this movie's about, Jared?
1: Dry, cold cats. What? It's the opposite. Are you even listening to uh, me? Uh, I'm dude? assuming it's the opposite.
0: What? It no, like it's he, not. It's not wet, hot American summer. It's no, a different movie. It's just. I, I know. I,
1: I was just wondering if it was like the opposite of types of people that are not hot and wet people. They're cold.
0: Nah, nah. Cold n-na, and dry. Nah, nah,
1: nah, nah. See, I'm RJing you currently. You like you always derail me. I just want to keep doing it to you. What's this movie about, RJ?
0: Yeah, but when I derail you, it's in a fun way that everyone likes and is like really on board with. <laughs> Anyways, uh. Paul Rudd and Jennifer Aniston live in the city. And boy, do they like living in the city. But boy, is it expensive. And so they have to leave. And they're driving and they crash their car at uh, a commune. And it's a commune full of like nudists and hippies that have sex with each other. And people who like put manure on toast because it's organic. And there's no rules, man. And boy, is it a change from what they're used to. Hmm. Alan Alda is in this movie. Oh, old Alan Alda! Yeah, and Ray Liotta playing himself. Wow, Oh yeah. well
1: bloated and scarred up.
0: Yeah, he's playing this, himself now. In now,
1: now what, did seeing Ray Liotta and *Wonderlust*, inspire your next Ewing choice?
0: Uh, I'll get to that. I'll get yeah. to that. Uh, so uh, this movie is called *Wonderlust*, Uh I like Paul Rudd. I'm, I talk about him a lot. Uh, he's really funny. The rest of the movie is just there. Mm. that's it that's my whole review wow it's okay it's i don't know it's like all right but it's nothing that's gonna fucking blow your dick off it's very generic uh trying to be kind of it's like a comedy but you know uh what's that word like a vulgar comedy it's trying to be that but it doesn't actually fully get there other than like i guess there's a baby that gets born on screen and then they eat the placenta, so that's vulgar, I guess. Hmm. I don't know. This movie was all right. These are two movies I watched in the hotel room. They were on, I watched them, and now they're on this podcast forever. Thanks. So anyways, when I got home on Sunday, I was tired because uh, from the weekend and I drove all day, and I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm going to watch a good movie. Something I can actually just sit down, I don't even have to think about because the movie will do the thinking for me. It'll walk me through everything. Mm -hmm. You know whose movies are perfect for stuff like that? Hmm. Jim Jarmusch. Good Lord, man. Mm Mm-mm. Mr. Martin Scorsese. I think his movies are perfect like that. You throw that shit on, you can just rest easy knowing that you're there for a good time. So when when I was watching these movies and uh, just in the hotel itself, um, these movies were on Paramount. Uh, channel, which I didn't realize was a thing, like Paramount Studios. Hmm. And uh, they were also uh, advertising some kind of fight, like some kind of lady UFC fight. I guess that's brought, sponsored by Paramount. I don't know. Anyways, I thought you might know about that. Like, okay. So uh, there was commercials and uh, there was a commercial for Goodfellas because they were going to play it next week. And it was like uh, it was like a sizzle reel, Jared. Not a trailer or a teaser, but like a sizzle reel. So I watched that Goodfellas on Sunday. And you know what? It's a good movie. No kidding. Yeah, it's a good movie. Do do you have anything beyond that? Not really. Wow. No one wants to hear me talk about Goodfellas. Well, maybe they do. Maybe you should
1: talk about it. What do you like about Goodfellas, RJ?
0: Ray Liotta. (laughs) Hey, you you know what I want to talk about? Because maybe Goodfellas will be a creep one day and we'll talk about it then.
1: It's not going to be, but.
0: You know what I want to talk about? What happened to Ray Liotta? Uh cuz he was he was a good actor.
1: Yeah. Lots of lots of guys start out as good actors and they get that they get that shine and then they then they fade out. And then they just don't get those juicy roles and they just wind up taking a lot of like making crappy crime movies. Uh I used to think of like guys like him, Michael Madsen, uh Mickey Rourke was kind of like uh, a more famous version of that kind of burnout. Yeah. But I don't know that Ray Liotta he's, he's around, but now it's kind of like, it's kind of sad to see Ray and things Well, it's like
0: him and 50 cent do like two movies a year. It, it seems <laughs> that him 50 cent and like Cuba Gooding jr. Are like the ultimate washouts. They're just in all these like shitty street crime movies always together. I, I bet John Travolta's in a couple of them too, like but, what Gaudy? Yeah, like Gaudy. Yeah. Uh, what is what was the uh, the Fifty Cent one? All things fall apart. That's that one where he lost like a thousand pounds, and everybody's like, "Holy shit, what happened to Fifty Cent? Wow, let's take a look here. Really old. Street up. Kings too. Let me look at look at his street.
1: Look, let's look at his uh films ranked in popularity. So Goodfellas. Uh-huh. Uh huh. His second most popular film. This is like. Crazy to me, The Place Beyond the Pines. Hmm. That is his I, second most popular movie of everything that he's
0: ever been in. I feel like Blow would be his second.
1: But that's like, oh. I think that's that's popular because it's Ryan Gosling and because it's letterboxed. That oh. and that is followed by Hannibal. Yeah. Followed by Sin City, A Dame to Kill For. Oof. Uh, killing Them Softly. Uh, B movie. He's apparently in Date Night. Feel the Dreams, mm-hmm, Blow, mm-hmm. Identity, mm-hmm. Muppets Most Wanted, Youth in Revolt. All
0: right, we're done. See, it's like, what,
1: what happened to him?
0: Where, he's like, yeah, but he's also in good movies like Wild Hogs and uh, Karina Karina. Obser- you ever seen Karina Karina? Uh,
1: observe and Report. But like hey, how many? How many don't of these, dodge the question. How many of these movies is Ray Liotta on the poster of?
0: Ooh, uh,. I'll count while you talk to me about Karina Karina. Hey, Unlawful Entry. That movie was a uh, pretty pretty choice for a 90s Any, Anyways, I brought it up because it's like, I feel like Ray Liotta was uh, a pretty hot dude, and I don't really know what happened to him. So what's Dr- up, Ray Liotta? Where are you at?
1: Uh, drugs. Is there drugs involved? Mm, maybe food. You know what my favorite thing to do is, RJ? I like to what? search uh, people. Look him up on Wikipedia and search for a controversies uh, subheader. Mm. That usually tells the, the
0: the real juicy parts. Does Ray to have any, though? He seems like a pretty stand-up guy. Does he? Uh, I don't know. Personal
1: life. Mm. Let's see here. Uh, divorced. That's fine. Uh, he talks about horseback riding. Nice. Uh, oh, there you go. February 19th, 2007. Leota was arrested under suspicion of driving under the influence after crashing his Cadillac Escalade into two oh. parked vehicles in uh, Pacific Palisades. He pleaded
0: no contest. That's not the sauciest thing. I mean, you have no. celebrities like having sex with bakeries now. Like, there's way crazier shit out there. Yeah, that one's pretty, uh, pretty simple. Yeah. Well, anyways, I like Goodfellas. It's a good movie. Yeah great yeah uh
1: this is a good episode can you, can you imagine being a person that doesn't like good fellows
0: mm, i'm sure there's a couple out there hey bad dudes <laughs> bad dudes with attitudes D- did you watch any movies or am i just no gonna- no i watched
1: like one whole movie other than oh, what we watched so you week.
0: you do want me to talk about Ray Liotta some more? Yeah, that's right. Well, um, I I think I first saw Ray Liotta in Karina Karina, <laughs> you know that the uh, <laughs> hit movie with Goldberg. Um, that's actually a good show. They used to play that a lot uh, when I was a kid, and I always remember that scene where uh, the young girl, like Karina, she's uh under the table eating butter or something like that. It's uh it's a slice of life, Jared. It takes me home. Well, RJ. I watched uh, yep.
1: some hardcore pornography.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> so that's why you didn't watch any movies this week, was because you were only watching hardcore porn? Well,
1: I only watched one movie, too. That's the, that's the sad thing. Her name was yeah. Lisa. Another release porn? from our good friends at Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, Yes, RJ, this is a movie with hardcore pornography performed by the actors within. Well, what are you doing, man? I don't know. Seems like a good idea. Does it, though? Yeah. You get to experience a different mode of expression. Huh. Okay. So this number, her name is Lisa, it starts off with this shot of this naked woman kind of wrapped in gauze because she's dead, and this is her funeral. And we're told she died, and then the whole movie plays how she got to this point. It's very noir-ish, RJ but I don't know very many noirs that I've watched that involve uh, anal rape and huh. uh, pegging and uh, tonguey assholes and uh, leather and whips and all other sorts of uh, depravity. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Yeah, go on. Go on. Archie's putting us a, a hoodie on. You can keep talking. No, I'm watching you. (laughs)
0: Why? Just keep talking.
1: Uh, yeah, Tell so, me
0: more about your hardcore so, pornography. So, 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 so
1: this movie was directed by Roger Watkins, uh, who uh-huh. directed the previous film I mentioned before, Corruption, and That Last House on Dead End Street. Uh, again, he's bringing his sensibilities, his more artistic sensibilities, to this like hardcore shit that he doesn't like have any time for at all. But mm-hmm. it was work that he was able to just put together, get a paycheck, make that easy, greasy money, uh, and just film, you know, fuck films. Um, I don't know. I guess that's legitimate or illegitimate. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure what to think. Uh, Roger Watkins, I'm pretty sure, is dead, so you can't ask him anymore how he feels about this stuff. But I guess it's uh, noteworthy that these films are getting these, like, illustrious Blu-ray releases in uh, premium packages with, like, interviews with people who are involved with the process of making these movies.
0: Is uh, that, like, uh, are you being serious? Like, the... It, like that, it's like fancy produced movies.
1: Well, the 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 Blu-rays are, yeah, nice clear uh. cases, reversible art with the uh, vintage mm. posters. Um, the the most the best restorations of these films they've ever received since probably the, when they were put in these uh, scumbag uh, theaters, being jerked off to by guys in raincoats oh. on Forty Second. Yeah, yeah. What a what a history,
0: rich rich history eh yeah um i think our podcast is done yeah when it comes to this you know us just talking about pornography and <laughs> sex
1: sex sex with uh tigers and lions statues
0: yeah i don't know it's weird because i uh, i thought last week was actually a pretty good episode and now we're doing this week's episode and it's like man what what's what's going on here <laughs> I don't know Week 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 to week shouldn't well, be this well, much of a dip. Well, well
1: you should be uh you should be deciding on Metal Gear Solid or Dragon Ball.
0: That won't help us though. Yeah. That won't help us. No. I'm just saying, you know, I think Mo- it's more show. Maybe maybe movies need to be better. Movies probably should be better.
1: Yeah, man. There's like movies, I I, yeah. I look I look at the showtimes of movies coming out and like what's available and it's just like I don't want to see any of this.
0: What if there was, like, you know how they do summer picks sometimes, like the movie mill? Our second-run theater? You know how they, like, sometimes do, like, summer picks where it's, like, family classics? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I know how they do that. What if they did, like, a movie like Karina Karina? Would you go with me? No. So, here's an interesting thing. So, I I looked at our second-run theater, and they're going to get Won't You Be My Neighbor, that Mr. Rogers movie. I think we should go see that. No, but also they have Uncle Drew, which looks like a pretty good, decent movie. I don't know why you wouldn't go see that. Jesus Christ! But also they made they remade Overboard. You know the patch or uh, the Kurt Russell movie?
1: I guess so. They remade
0: that. Oh
1: look at that! They're playing Shrek the Third. How come no one told us? Shrek the Third, RJ. Tag. And you know. You show, know what? Show dogs. Sherlock Gnomes,
0: I, I Monster know Trucks. I st- didn't that I movie come out? Did, didn't Monster Trucks come out forever ago? Yeah, well, no. Remember, I, I did news on that one day because Monster Trucks was a movie that was supposed to come out and then uh, it got delayed an entire year or something like that. Um, well, here's a new word. A very weird
1: thing. Here's a new. Uh, so here, it apparently falls into the genre of adventure adventures A- av aventures there's no d there it's adventure
0: haven't you ever gone on an adventure i've gone on adventures but not adventures. Uh, well you know like venture brothers
1: yeah kind of like that but A. they're
0: adventuring out mm. i know i started this but uh <laughs> this talk of movies that will be coming out it's not much is well, it
1: speaking of that hey in news Criterion announced their October films.
0: Oh yeah, uh, I have some. I have something to say about this. Okay, so you 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 continue.
1: Okay, so uh, last Friday they actually also announced uh, their big fucking release in November, which is like the Ingmar Bergman hundredth anniversary of his birth collection, uh, which will be like thirty nine films. Uh, oh. <laughs> it's so it's everything that they got rights to. So that's colossal. Um, and outside of my uh, uh, realm of interest, budget. probably and budget, Bo- both.
0: How much is that gonna be? Like three hundred bucks.
1: Uh, maybe uh, like on fifty uh, percent off. Like I mean, they did this. Uh. With, they did this with Kurosawa as well. Yeah. So that they they saved those these big sets for the big boys.
0: The big boys. Yeah. The Kurosawas. The, the Bergmans. Bertans. Yeah. The JFDs.
1: That's right. Where's our set?
0: Uh, so yeah,
1: they announced those, but that's in November. Cause mm-hmm. kind of like that, they did with that big, uh, Olympic set. Uh, in October though, we got ourselves that shampoo, you know, that shampoo starring Warren Beatty. <laughs> I don't know that shampoo. Um, you got to read that, uh, Easy Riders Raging Bulls to find out why you should be checking out shampoo and why it belongs in the Criterion Collection. It was just like a big kind of like popular comedy, but whatever. I've never seen it. Uh, we got that Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. It's back because it came out on Laserdisc and now it's back in the fold. So now people get the opportunity to spend 40 bucks Canadian to get a Princess Bride on their Criterion. It's got an okay cover. I see. I think most people were super excited about this, but, uh, Princess Bride's okay.
0: So I have something to say about Princess, <clears throat> Princess Bride.
1: Yeah, I think you've said you don't like this movie or don't have never seen it or something uh,
0: no i've seen princess bride a okay. whole bunch uh i used to like princess bride uh i think this is one of those movies where uh toxic fan bases have ruined the movie for me like um you know how i talk about fight club and scarface i think princess bride fits right in between those two where it's like the people who talk and love that those movies so much ruin those movies for me i can't watch Fight fight club anymore I don't want to watch Scarface anymore, and I don't want to watch Princess Bride anymore. Because anytime you go on the internet, people are like, as you wish. And then, like, quoting stuff from Princess Bride, and I'm like, ugh. Inconceivable. Cut it, cut it out. Cut it out. So anyways, Princess Bride's up there with those movies with me. And uh, you know what? I, I think they should have put a different movie in the criterion. I'm going to say it.
1: That's it's tup- it's- that, That's tough, but fair. Um, what about the toxic fan base for uh, Fastbinder's Eight Hours Don't Make a Day? Is that going to ruin your enjoyment of that film? when it clams I don't know. And... It
0: seemed like the title's accurate.
1: Yeah. It's true. I mean, true. I don't think I need to watch this movie now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, yeah, it doesn't.
0: Well, you got the whole, what else is there to know?
1: Yeah. Maybe it's about, like, working and stuff. It's about the struggle of the proletariat.
0: I don't know. Oh, like an eight-hour workday and nine to five?
1: Yeah. You got your life outside of work.
0: Do you have a life outside of work? I wish. I'm doing this, and this is uh, hell. Yeah. Yeah, this is... <coughs> I think what we're doing here is like, you know, it's like that monkey paw thing. uh, Or not monkey paw specifically, but like that wish thing. Where it's like people wish for eternal life, but then it's like an, an eternal life of pain and anguish. That's what this podcast is. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd like to watch Criterions all the time. That'd be great. I love those movies. <laughs> And then now we have to all the time. And it's just like, oh, 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 yeah.
1: I can I can hear my screams in the silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, we got Sisters from Brian De Palma coming out uh, in Blu-ray high definition. Hmm. Well... That'll boost our episode. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's one of those magical things that's happened with the movies we've covered already. They're getting re-released in Blu-ray. Yeah. People check us out and are probably sorely disappointed with our takes oh, about yeah. the Blu-rays that we're not talking about because we watch them in DVD.
0: You wait until that Salo Blu-ray comes out. It already did. You're, oh. but,
1: but you're Andre Rublev. They've got you covered with that horse killing. Uh,
0: yeah. No, I, I like it because anytime they re-release a movie, it's a movie that I shit on. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, those sisters. When uh, we did that episode, I remember liking that more on the rewatch. Okay. I think.
1: I think so. I just remember the cake, that delicious yellow cake. Uh, and I we got that Naked Prey movie coming out on Blu-ray, which is cool because I wanted to see that movie. It's got a it had the original neat cover of a naked man running It's uh-huh. a blue sky, and I always wanted to check it out. And now it's coming out in a spiffy new version. So. Uh, a great opportunity right there. Um, but that's it for my news. Hey RJ, what you got, huh. what you got? What you holding?
0: For news? Yeah. I don't know do you want to hear sports news?
1: I don't know. Preferably not.
0: All right. Well, that's it then. Very well. <laughs> yeah? I'm hard. not going to tell you if you're if you're not interested. No. Yep.
1: Good. I'm glad. Let's
0: keep going. Let's get this episode done. I feel like we're in a fungus today. Yeah. All right, then.
1: Yeah, it's San Diego <laughs> Comic-Con. There's a bunch of shit in the world. Um, Deadpool toilet seat covers from San Diego Comic-Con hotels are being sold for $40 each on
0: eBay. $40, hey? Yeah.
1: I, mm. fucking, I fucking hate it all, man. I fucking hate this shit. Um... When's it going to end? When you end. Okay. That sounds fair. When I'm dead, it'll be over for me.
0: Yep. Oh,
1: Jesus H. Christ. All right. After the break, we're going to be talking about documentaries. Woo! Hot dog. woo Salesman, where you gonna go sell all of your goods today? Salesman. Along while you walk. Hey salesman, got a little dog, who's a wags when you talk? You'll always wear a smile, even though you gotta walk 10 miles. Short lifespan, a good time salesman. Yep, yep, salesman,
0: well on the street, whether it's hot or cold. It's salesman, Same way, always wear a smile. You love it first and you live wild. Short span, but a designer and theological consultants
1: on the books that we sell. Dr. Melbourne I. Feltman,
0: PhD, the world's greatest salesman of the world's bestseller. With gratitude, in America, there are many people who know the Bible. There are many people who can quote from the Bible, but you're somewhat different. You know the business. Be very
1: proud of your position. Stop thinking in terms of Bible peddling, because I'm confident that once you realize what you are doing for others, you, in your own esteem,
0: will rise so high, not with conceit, but in humility, knowing that you have the privilege and the power to be of service to others. Morning, Mrs. Johnson. The church sent me around.
1: Let me slip my foot inside your door. Set my suitcase down. Get something for your comfort. When you're feeling all alone, I'm your good friend, the Bible salesman, I'm
0: coming,
1: coming, 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 coming for a carry you home. I'm going to make $35,000 this coming year.
0: And
1: I expect to make 50000 Do you think the dollar a day would really hurt you? I wouldn't want to place it if you couldn't afford. No, I don't think I'd better commit myself. Why well, you call me tonight? I don't understand very well, Indy. We got a job to do, and I don't know more excuses. You know, geez Now we come down here to work. Let's get out there and up 'em. I'm your good friend. The Bible says, but I'm coming, 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 coming for a care you home. We eliminated a few men, not because we were mad at them, not because we didn't like them. Not because we didn't need the few sales that they made, but it's a question of the sour apple spoiling the barrel. I want to go on record, and I want to tell you all the next man that gets off base with me, I'm going to tag him out. Come in! Come in! And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight, we're talking about those Maisel's Brothers documentaries. We got two of them for you. And first up is Salesman from 1968. Uh, The synopsis here from Letterboxd. This documentary from Albert and David Mazels follows the bitter rivalry of four door-to-door salesmen working for the Mid-American Bible Company, Paul the Badger Brennan, Charles the Gipper McDevitt, James, the rabbit baker, and Raymond, the bull, Martos. Times are tough for this hard-living quartet who spend their days traveling through small-town America, trying their best to peddle gold-leaf bibles to an apathetic crowd of lower-middle-class housewives and elderly couples. Uh, first thing I'll kind of point out is it's not really like small-town America. It's pretty well like the Northeast. It's, mm-hmm. it's that whole pocket of Boston, hence all the the accents. So mm-hmm. I don't know. There's small towns in it's Boston.
0: Like, it's like Boston, New England, and then yeah. some outside areas. Yeah, they, there's talk of like Chicago, that. but yeah. you don't see them make it out there, I don't think.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I've seen that Salesman before. Uh, I'm a fan of those documentaries. I'd always sure. like that Gimme Shelter. So Salesman was always on the uh, my radar. So I watched it way back when. I've had this DVD for a while. Uh, This is actually one where I own both these on DVD. Um, And, yeah, uh, Salesman. It's never been, like, as awesome as I always hoped it would be. Um, I'm a fan of those, like, Death of a Salesman plays and Glengarry Glen Ross by David Mamet and stuff like that. I love the idea, like, uh, Tin Men, the one movie with uh, Richard Dreyfuss uh, and Danny DeVito. I like these movies Mm -hmm. of just, like, yeah, I don't know, loser salesman. And people like, trying to sell other poor bastards on things they don't really need. So, Salesman uh, is, like, all those things. But it's never, like, been this, like, awesome home run for me. But I enjoy it Mm -hmm. quite a bit at the end of the day. Uh, Because Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's ever been a depiction of a man as, like, fucking as sad and desperate as Paul the Badger Brennan that guy yeah. every time he's on in frame oh he's just always it's never he never can catch a break so always just not his fault he's always like mm-hmm. it's always it's always just disappointment at all times with him <laughs> um so anyway so this documentary salesman uh, it picks a different era. Um, It's one of the advantages of sort of these like direct cinema, cinema verite types of uh, affairs where it's completely situated in the time and place that it's filmed. So there's not a lot of like Netflixing uh, documentary style Mm -hmm. filmmaking where it's like a capsule and it's like people now reflecting about the time they grew up in and like oh man when we were in the call it was amazing we could do anything like you're getting people like wish like wishful thinking and then you have all this like footage from that period which is nice Mm -hmm. but it's also like compiled like the only time they were filming was when they wanted to show you something positive in terms of like the propaganda uh, or when it's how it served their purposes with something like Salesman though it's Made in the time, you're going to see the way people lived in that moment. And it isn't always, like, you know, rosy or sunny. It's just like, oh, yeah, this is the day-to-day life. And it's also in this period of time, it's the late 60s, uh, which is this kind of window where people think of that stuff. And it's like, it's all about hippies, man. Uh, like, and, But you realize, it's like, well, that was, like, one aspect of culture in America at the time. This is, like, a, a reflection of like, yeah, lower middle-class Catholic life, um, and men just in motel rooms traveling around trying to sc- scrum together money to make payments and stuff like that, uh, sad mm-hmm. phone calls back to their wives, the kids they never get to see, um, just like sad, yeah, sad is a word that's going to come up here a lot, this could be called mm-hmm. sad, man, um, yeah, just Ooh. people looking longingly at walls or into nothing as they sit around uh, kitchen tables talking to people who, like, you can, like, just on film, you can see that they're, like, avoiding eye contact because they do not, they, they, they fear confrontation and, like, looking someone mm-hmm. square in the eye and going, I'm not interested. Get out of my house now, please. It's just a lot of, uh, I don't know, uh At times, it it, it kind of turns my stomach watching people mm-hmm. getting suckered into buying of all things a bible um which i couldn't think of a more worthless investment in my life uh
0: than something like this it's no that's it's a heritage thing you can build a household on one of these bibles yeah, it's, yeah. Oh. it's made very clear in the tell, movie why tell me more the rabbit
1: <laughs> uh-huh yeah. it's an investment here uh yeah so i don't know hey rj did this movie make you like want to start smoking while watching it
0: yeah, a little bit. Yeah. There, there's a lot of movies where they smoke a lot. I think the worst one for me ever was uh, Hollywood Land or The Black <sighs> Dahlia. I yeah. can't remember because th- those came out like the same day or some shit like that. But there's a lot of smoking in that movie. And I remember me and Ham meet one time. We had to leave the theater to go have a dart because we were just like, oof, a lot of smoking in that movie. Oh, boy. Uh, what are we talking about? Salesmen. Yeah, they smoke a lot. They smoke a lot. And it, and it makes you want a smoke. Yeah. One of those sweet, uh, you know. Savory cigarettes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I just wait till we get to eight and a half. That movie whew,
0: makes smoking the coolest thing ever. That does uh, make it look cool. This is like, but this movie shows smoking in a way of it's like you know smoking can really pick people up. Look how bad this guy's day was. Mm-hmm. This guy's life is shit. But hey, yeah, at least out, he has cigarettes yeah,
1: standing up front of that coffee shop in those oh, all yeah. those like hotel conference rooms with a bunch mm-hmm. of men, and it's like watching these guys like. I don't know. To me, the the salesmen for salesmen are motivational keynote speakers, because yeah. um, they speak the same language that the salesmen are trying to like use on regular folk. And so they're like, "Well, what are they susceptible to?" And they have to like sit in these rooms and listen to guys who like claim that they're very successful salesmen, and they're mm-hmm. just gonna like feed the same lines and psychology back. And the guys go, "Yeah, that's gonna be me. I'm just gonna be like Peter up there." We're going to, we're going we're gonna to land the big one and, uh, we're going to be able to retire and buy, get that, mm-hmm. uh, addition on the house, get that pool. It's going to work out great. And it's just like, oh Jesus. Oh God, this works. I can't believe it. Um, anyways. Yep. Yeah. So there is just like a whole bunch of elements in this, uh, that work for me really well. Uh, I like the grainy kind of handheld cinematography. Um, mm-hmm. it's just, it looks cool. Um, it's like it's not, I don't know if you can call it. It's not quite high contrast, but it's very stark uh, look to everything. Um, mm-hmm. I l- like kind of how the uh, the got such access to these situations because it's kind of weird this idea that these people would kind of come up on these people and like, oh hey, what, these people are just filming us. They're filming a documentary, yeah. and we're, now we're going to try to like go to work on you and. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like going to cost some of these people money because now they're in this like, or, or, or make them money because now it adds to the high pressure situation that these are of like, well, you don't want to like not buy this Bible on camera, do you? Mm -hmm. And, but it doesn't work out that way because a lot of these people have no money. They have nothing. And like every single time it's always like, I can't afford this. And, oh, it's just, it's brutal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But yeah. I've got I've got stuff to say about this. Uh, mm-hmm. I dig this though. Hey, RJ, uh, yeah. wh- what did you think of this salesman? Uh,
0: I'll I'll hit you with this this one first. Uh, as a documentary, I think it's well done. I uh, it's like you were kind of saying it's like a time capsule. It's like taken right out of there because even uh, like out of what is this like 1961 or something like that? 68. 68. So, oh, okay. This feels like this was made in the fifties. Right. Uh, and it, because of the, is be, it the film stock? No. Like, I wonder if it's like the
1: areas that they're filming in. So it's like the houses yeah. and also like, there's a lot of winter re scenes yeah. that like, but, I feel but like But
0: it's also in black and white on like, I would, I guess like poor quality film. Maybe, maybe not well, poor, but older. Yeah, is it, I'd say it's six. It's, it's six. Well,
1: it's 16 millimeter film. I would yeah. guess. Um, which gives it, like, that kind of grainy quality because it would be, it was cheap to shoot something like this that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I think this thing feels way older than it is. It seems like it's from an older time, but... Fuck, actually, even even th- 69. You, it I thought this been came in on 1951. Yeah, yeah. When I mean, I was so watching it was it.
1: released in 69, but it was probably shot, like, over the course couple of... A couple years like,
0: before. A few years, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, like I think I think it's cool in that sense where you see kind of exactly like how people were and even the way the like it's filmed and stuff like that. Like these guys, these they're they're good documentarians. Yeah, uh, I think they build the scenes pretty good where this one, it's not as much on display, but uh, they build stuff up good where you they introduce like a certain part. Or, like, an element of some character or something like that. And then later, it kind of, you learn more. It's just good storytelling, good filmmaking. I think, I think they're good at that. Um, so I think for in that right, salesman is good. Uh, I didn't like this, uh, because I really hated these fucking guys. Um, like, so. The documentary is good, but I had an issue with the content itself with these people because I thought these were like and I, I guess that's kind of the point is or, or is it like do you think their goal was to show that these salesmen were just like lousy fucking people like humans because that's how that's how it came off to me was they're like they're super invasive, they're smarmy and like they, they prey on meek poor people with like Catholic guilt. They're like, Oh, well <laughs> we got your name from the church. Like you, you got to help us out. And it's like the people are like, we can't afford it. They're like, we don't have enough money as it is. And the guy's like, it's a buck a week. What's a buck a week. Oh yeah, It's, it's a dollar a week. And then oh, the guy yeah. gets so pissed off later to When so, he's like, I don't understand it. He's like, people can't pay a dollar a week. Yeah. What is this? What is this? And then, they also, and, like, and, they also,
1: and then they also have to act as their own like collections agency. Where they have to like pick up, yeah. the, where they have to get the money, and they're just like all all the lines. Of like, well, oh, I'm only in town until like five o'clock. You gotta, I gotta get that money. Otherwise, you have to pay me. Well, this I'm money. the manager. I, I, you know, it's not my decision. It's not my decision. I, have got to get that money. It's just like it's salesman shit. Oh man. And I, like I said, I love yep. that stuff. Uh, watching it in in real time, watching it like this isn't like a play.
0: This isn't a fiction. This is like yeah. a thing. It's like, oh god. <laughs> I think yeah. I think this watching this like it made me really uncomfortable because one i thought they were bad salesmen and all they did they were just really pushy which i guess is what probably a lot of salesmen actually are like i've never had door-to-door salesmen come to my house that i can remember maybe when i was a kid can't remember as an adult because they don't exist anymore well maybe that's not true but um it made me uncomfortable because i thought they were kind of bad salesmen like they had these certain lines that they like kept kind of hit now and I know that's what sales is too but I also felt really bad for the people they were talking to kind of like what you were saying also uh, these people are on camera I feel like they would feel more obligated to not even just say outright say no because you can tell a lot of them they just want to do that even though they're like well I don't have any money but the guys like that's not an issue. You can pay us whatever you want. Yeah. Give us a dollar this week, a dollar next week. And it's like I don't I can't afford a dollar this week. It's like well no problem. Give us a dollar this mm-hmm, week mm-hmm. and then another dollar next week. And then, so but so I feel like them being on camera they're saying no, but I feel like they're also maybe not as uh free to kind of like what you were saying to just outright be like get the fuck out of here, like mm-hmm. get out of my house. Yeah. So I don't know I think it's a good, sh- like a good documentary, a good little piece of history about this weird business of say, like door-to-door sales and these weird pushy guys. Uh, but I hated these guys. I thought, I thought it was total horseshit what they were doing. Just because it's like these guys suck. They're they're horrible people. And it's like, yeah, I know they're just out there they're, trying to make. They're, a buck they're just trying to make a buck. Trying to make a buck too. But uh, I also just really didn't like some of the other aspects. So a few things about the movie itself. They you get introduced to all these characters like the Gippa, the rabbit, the bulldog or whatever. But you only really see one of these guys like you're with him 80 percent of the time, I would say. Yeah. With uh, the guy who's like the pushiest with the super huge fucking long fingers. So you're, you're just with that guy most of the time. And he's like he's the pushiest and he gets mad at people when they don't buy Bibles. So by the end of it, you're just like, man, this guy really sucks. Uh, and then. uh shit what else was i gonna say something about the movie itself oh uh, man i can't remember i can't remember jared but anyways they like oh so you they say you're following these four people but you you only really follow one and then uh i found uh, some of this stuff t- was really repetitive and not just like them going on door to door being like hey you want to buy a bible no okay but uh there was Like there's certain things that like them as people did. There was the guy who told that story about his like Irish. uh, uh, It's like, Oh yeah, he's in the force. He's going to get a good pension. You hear that story like six times. Yeah. And I know that's because that guy tells that story to anyone who's willing to hear it. And I know people like that too, that I've heard the same story like a hundred times before, but watching it in a documentary where you hear the same story over and over again, I was just like, Holy fuck. It's like, I don't want to see this anymore. (laughs) Should like i guess like it's like i was saying i think they show it as a point to be like this is what this guy was like he repeats the same story over and over again but i thought they did it a little too much and then like i was saying too i don't know what the goal of this was whether it was just like oh we're just gonna film these guys because it's like this weird thing or if if they were intentionally showing that what these guys were because they came off very bad to me and i don't know if that's other people or if that's like what was intended for this thing. But I don't know, man. I thought these guys fucking sucked. <laughs> uh, a note about distribution here on Wikipedia.
1: When salesman was completed, there were challenges in showing the film as the measles brothers tried to get distribution. They were told that the content was too depressing and realistic for the public. Uh, yep. They wound up self-distributing through their production company uh, and they booked theaters for screenings. Um, yeah. So maybe, uh, maybe they're, they're right. Cause was this too real for you, RJ. Could you not handle it?
0: No, I like, it's not that it was too real. <laughs> I just thought these guys were really shitty people. Yeah. But maybe, it's...
1: you know, there are shitty people.
0: Oh yeah. I know. Well, that's, I guess. Yeah. Maybe it was too real because I know far too many of these people in real life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when I come home the last thing I want to do is watch more of these people on my TV being shitty and abusive and, badgering
1: well wouldn't you say then that this film is a success in depicting this no no that's
0: well that's why i led with what i was saying like i think this is a good documentary and it shows this really well i just really hated these people as human oh that's funny. humans yeah so that's all like i don't think it's i don't think it's a bad documentary thing like that i think it's pretty well done it's just these guys really suck man like there's that one scene where he just walks into some guy's house he just walks in. He's like, oh, are you Mr. Hudson? And they're like, no. He's like, "Well, oh, I got your name from the church. It's like, not us. And it's like, well, why would they give us your name then? Because like, I don't know. It's not us. Like, get oh, out of
1: here. Man. I love the one where it's like they, uh, they're they going to the woman, and they're like, oh, you, you you dropped this off. You said you were interested. And they're like, no, I'm not. that was like years ago, and we changed our mind. Well, why, why, why would you even put your name in? I don't understand that. And it's just like that is the mentality of, like, desperate men, though, because it's like mm-hmm. every Bible you sell, it's like, oh, man, if you don't make the cut, you're going to get fired. And if you don't make yep. if you don't make enough money, you're not going to be eating or be able to live the life of living out of motels and sending a meager amount of money back home. And mm-hmm. then and then those like delusional men talking about how much money they're going to earn that year, and they're oh, just like and yeah. and so yeah, it's like what you're going to, you think you're going to make fifty thousand dollars this year selling Bibles? It's like that's like I think I looked it up with inflation. That's like over three hundred thousand dollars U.S.
0: Yeah, that the uh, Selling like Bibles. The, motiv- the motivational speaking where they're getting sold the pitch of the, their job by like a bet a higher up salesman, I thought was really shitty too. Uh, a direct quote was uh, there, the money is out there, go get it. Uh, and it, like that's all those are is guys being like, well, if you don't earn, that's your fault because uh, earning money in this business is strictly on how you operate as a salesman well, so it, they they really hammered these like i get why they're like that like they just get told this every time they every opportunity by their superiors like if you want money go get it yeah go get it and if you don't if you you're, don't, a always, yeah, you're a loser Always, you're a loser always be closing <laughs> always be closing yeah exactly yeah see i like the glengarry glenn ross uh salesman world where uh, i can watch alec baldwin talking about nuts and uh you know jack is sad and,
1: and kevin spacey
0: but, yeah but
1: and al pacino in, in, a, in a chinese restaurant
0: yeah yeah i like all well, that because stuff. they're super because they're yeah
1: because in real life it's too real it's not a stylized uh
0: all-star uh cast speaking but speaking of too real did you see that scene where it's it's what you were talking about where the guy was like uh the lady's like, I'm not interested. He's like, well, I was just here to wonder why you put your name in then. Yeah. And then he gets mad and leaves. And he's like, oh, I followed this lady seven times yeah. to seven different places. Uh, when he goes to talk to that lady, there's a baby in a high chair out on the front yeah. porch. There was no one watching that Mm-mm. baby because the lady was inside. Because that was real. Who was watching that baby?
1: Except, RJ, that was what it was like in our parents' era. That's like uh, that, that. That is that is how our parents grew up. That is the world. That's how it looked. And babies, they're like sometimes left outside because you're like, I'm tired of this baby. If so, mm-hmm. if someone takes this baby, uh, heaven forbid. But at the same time, eh, leave it. I don't need it. What eh,
0: well, good are your your baby? <laughs>
1: yeah, I always have uh, another one.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's, that's real. Um, this isn't like like they're good the, parents, the, but the, I always
1: joke. This, this isn't a bunch of assholes all on Facebook talking about their fur babies. Like this. This is uh. Uh-huh. Th- this is this is uh. America, real America.
0: You you know like I think my cats are my children too, but I have no. I don't say this fur baby shit. I just call it like it is. They're my human children, Hazel and Winnie. Yeah. Cats. In cat suits. In cat suits. Human human children. Mm-hmm. But no, it's like uh, I always bug my um, my sister in law. Uh, they got three little kids, and I'm always like, "Who's watching your kids?" And she's like, "The big one's watching the little one." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh yeah." smart yeah, that is how it goes that's way of kids yeah so that the big ones can watch the little ones and then eventually watch you when you're pooping in your pants oh yeah yeah
1: have you ever been uh rooked into buying some stupid shit before knowingly have you ever, have you ever uh been...
0: if you did a tour of my house uh for products that you have sold me from your comic store uh, i believe we talked about this in the preamble there's a, a lot of stuff in my house here that i uh, immediately had buyer's remorse after buying, uh, a lot of regret and deep shame. No, from some of these things. Well, I feel I feel pretty good
1: about myself.
0: Yeah, but you, yeah, but you buy more than like eighty percent of the population. You just enjoy buying it. That's right. So well, if you have no buyer's remorse, then you'll never feel bad about it. That's
1: right. Get over it, folks. Just accept mm-hmm. it. Take it. Give them the, all. All they all they want is your money, and it's only Give money. Them- you just always guess what? The money's out there. Just go get some more of it. And buy so more, and buy it. more shit that you don't need, but uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think, I don't know, I don't want to admit to it, but I don't, I don't think I've ever been like taken for a ride. I, f- I find that I'm pretty immune to like the sales pitch, um, mm. but I think I find that maybe a lot of people are just not very good at it. The they're just not a. Uh, uh, skillful enough at it. Because it takes a certain personality to, I think, get work yourself up to a point where you're, like, talking people into buying things that they don't need. Um, which actually reminds me of uh, a childhood experience I had with oh God. Uh, an encyclopedia salesman. Mm. So I remember, like, way back when, like, I probably was, like, five or six. But I remember at my parents' old place, uh, a, a, guy, a young guy, probably, like, in his, like, 20s, Came to our house and he was invited mm-hmm. in because he had for us encyclopedias to sell us. And man, I remember as a kid thinking these things were amazing. You had all of, all of human history, all art, knowledge, mm-hmm. all at your fingertips. And I remember being like, in this, the way the guy, because, and I was watching this salesman, and I was watching how he directs all of his like shtick to like people around the person they have to actually pay for it. And like mm-hmm. talking to the kid, I can see your kids are real smart. I can see that they'd really get a lot out of this. I, I think you'd be at a, a great disadvantage if you didn't buy, take this opportunity right now to buy this and bring it into your home. And you can always have this, it'll never devalue. You will always have it around with you, and you'll always be mm-hmm. like, man, mm-hmm. am I glad I purchased this? And so, me yeah, out for a low, low price, only $20 a month. You have all this for you, and I remember being a kid, and being like, "This is awesome! I want, I want encyclopedias because <laughs> encyclopedias sounds so smart. What a smart sounding word! It makes you, mm-hmm. and you can be always like, I have my own set of encyclopedias. <laughs> I don't need a library. Um, mm-hmm. But now it's like you know, whenever I go to uh, you know a Value Village, one of those secondhand stores, what do you always see in their book area? Piles, Twilight, and piles of Twilight. Paul Reiser's Parenthood. And mm-hmm. discarded encyclopedias.
0: Well, uh, the internet's a wonderful thing, Jared. Uh, yeah, I think
1: pretty much the concept of encyclopedias and having hard copies kind of went away uh, yeah. with the advent of like you know the internet and like the fact that like oh we have that we can look that up right now. Um, maybe if, when the power goes sure. out, we'll be like, boy, I really wish I had those encyclopedias. But, uh, yeah, but I remember that experience of, like, my like my mom having to be like, oh, my God, I have to get this guy out of my house. I have to, like, get him out so I can say, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Because my kid's like, yeah. you should get it, Mom. You should get it, Mom. You should get it, Mom. I don't mm-hmm. understand money. We have no money. We should get this, Mom.
0: And it's like, Jesus, what a son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, praying on the, the meek, uh, the, the dumb, the ignorant the Catholic ch- guilt. Ch- Children are ignorant or yeah
1: they yeah. have that catholic guilt it's like well we already got a bible we don't need another bible it's like well i mean i, I understand that but i mean this is this is like your own legacy this is this is how mm-hmm. you build a house this is like the investment in uh a family in, in a lifestyle it's like mm-hmm. uh there's the other one great oh. bit here too is uh I think it's like the the, the the old badger he is just going after this poor woman mm-hmm. and uh it's just, like, him going about, like, her, cause her last name's, like, McConnell. And he starts talking about oh, the, the Irish families and, like, oh, Irish people. They're like this. And then she's like, oh, I'm Polish. He's like, oh, that's great. Yeah, you know what's so great about being Polish? And he starts, like, he doesn't miss a beat because he makes, mm-hmm. he, uh, he called the shot before he knew what it was. And it's like, oh, now he's walking fast. He's walking fast. He's losing her. He's losing it. And he's <laughs> it's like, fuck, watching that dance. And you're just like, this is what this documentary is. A lot of watching this, like, ugh this dance and you're just like man I, I don't want to do this anymore <laughs> so I think it's a, a nice little piece of documentary filmmaking but uh I don't know it's not the most pleasant experience at times
0: yeah yeah I agree with you the other thing is that uh those guys suck <laughs> they're just hey it,
1: you or I could be in that those shoes one day one day do well, you own a Bible uh you know what RJ I yeah. don't. You heathen?
0: Do you have what are, any? Do you have is any this for wh- sale? Is this where are, are they illustrated? Is, is this where you want to be when Jesus comes back to quote Joe Dirt? <laughs> uh I do have a Bible. It's a large print Bible. Uh every page has like five words. That's how big they are. Wow. It's like this big. People listening can't see, but it's like that big.
1: Does it have sweet graphics? I
0: don't know, I think so. I've never really looked through it.
1: Cool. All right. So that's Salesman. Nice. Uh, Next up, Grey Gardens. Mm -hmm. This is from 1976. And here's the tagline for Grey Gardens. Mm -hmm. She was the girl who had everything, money, good looks, and social position. Her mother, a classic Bouvier beauty. Now they are living amongst the souvenirs of their lives. In the synopsis, this film explores the daily lives of two aging, eccentric relatives of Jackie Kennedy Onassis. Uh, Edie Bouvier Beale and her mother, Edith, are the sole inhabitants of a Long Island estate. During the course of the documentary, they discuss their habits, desires, mm-hmm. and former loves with filmmakers Albert and David Mazel's. The women reveal themselves to be misfits with outsized, engaging personalities. Much of the conversation is centered on their past, as mother and daughter now rarely leave home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, I have seen bits and pieces of Grey Gardens over the years. Um I remember some years ago, uh, friends of ours had rented this from a, a video store, and they were like, "Oh, Chanel, you have to watch Grey Gardens, because uh, this is like a total Chanel type of uh, fe- feeling movie." Chanel pick. Chanel pick. This is a Chanel pick right here. Um, yeah. But you know, as I'll get to, this is like Chanel would always admit that you know I feel like I should like this way more than I do. Um, Uh and I'm like, and I was always kind of like, I don't know how interested I am. And I don't know, I don't know if that's because, uh, of my toxic masculinity, uh, where I'm just kind of like, I don't know how interested I'm going to be in this gray gardens. Something Mm -hmm. about it just isn't for me. Um, so, uh, I dived into this, uh, saying, well, maybe it's going to win me over. I don't know. Sometimes Uh that happens. This is another slice of the American Northeast. All those, uh, those, those accents, Boston accents. Baston. Like Baston all over this place. Uh, such a lo- lovely uh, accent nice. that just tells you exactly everything you need to know about a person, uh, mm. where they're from. Uh, the first thing that I did watching this on DVD, subtitles on.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I, I have to, I got to say, uh, I watched this with Andy. And uh, within about five minutes too, she's like, you got to put the subtitles on, man. I can't understand this. So we threw it on. Uh, I watched this on Canopy, and uh, it's been a long time since this has been an issue, but uh, one of the constant complaints I've had about Criterion subtitles is that it's white on white all the time, like yeah. white text on if it's a black and white movie on white screen and you can never read it. Uh, so on Canopy, uh, the Close subtitles captioned. had, uh, yeah, so it was a uh, there was a black brick with the white text on it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I Finally. so
1: Yeah, okay. So I don't don't like that style. They kind of bug me because you can't see the image underneath them. Uh, But it it does kind of, it's a trade-off for the fact that you can actually read them. Yeah, Uh, exactly. The the issue you're mentioning, the white on white, that comes about because of, especially with with the movies that we've watched up to this point, they're older DVDs. And there's like problems where they don't have like a a proper drop shadow to like Mm -hmm. kind of help accentuate the text, which I think is no longer a problem. But, uh, yeah, no, this was like the first film, I think in a while that we've watched where I was like, uh, the, the audio recording, because again, so Maisel's, they're working like low budget. They're shooting their own stuff. They're lighting their own stuff. It's very low key. Uh, their, their audio mastering and recording is, you know, leaves something to be desired. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, with this, we are introduced to, uh, these ladies, this mother daughter combo, um. Mm -hmm and we get to hang out with their them and their cats in this mm-hmm. dilapidated property and uh, raccoons r- raccoons uh yeah raccoons yeah they, they're 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 abundant uh wonderbread uh mm-hmm. feeding those uh raccoons uh they're just mm-hmm. like spookily creep kind of coming and going through the house that like one mm-hmm. shot near the end of the movie is so good uh, just mm-hmm. raccoons looking at the camera people and being like oh is this guy want that food I'm looking after? Nah, fuck him. And then these come in, and you're like, oh shit. Uh, and mm-hmm. cats, cats everywhere. So many cats. I kept thinking, what is RJ going to think about the state of this place and the, the, mm-hmm. that, that, uh, bowl that the cats are eating out of?
0: <laughs> I was a little worried that the, the, ra- the rakens and the cats would probably get into fights. Uh, cause we have cats at the barn and, uh, like, we take care of them, but uh, there are raccoons in the area, and sometimes uh, you'll come in the morning, and there, there will have been a fight, skirmish, over some of that cat yeah. food. Raccoons like cat food. So I was a little worried about that. I was like, ooh, I hope they're not fighting. Yeah. Um, yeah that's so where I was. yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so yeah, one of the things that like, um, for, uh, it's been a while, I feel since we've had a Simpsons reference on this, but when mm-hmm. I, f- I totally forgot the whole thing about like the Bouvier name and I was like, yep. oh yeah, the Simpsons, that's where that came from. Um, so mm-hmm. there's something. I thought that too. Yeah. That was just like, oh yeah. Cause it's like, I think probably the most famous Bouvier, uh, use in the last 30, 40 years is the Simpsons. Marge. Yep. yep. Marge Bouvier. Um, So anyway, uh, we're introduced to Edie. Uh, She is a eccentric, crazy, or kind of racist, insecure, vain woman um, who's like very clearly trying to, I don't know, uh, catch the attention of the filmmakers in like this weird way. But then she doesn't want anything to do with them or be looked at this particular way. But yeah, how do you even start talking about these two? Uh, who? Big Edie, uh, Big Edie or, Edie, Edie, or Little Edie? Edie and Edith. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's tough. Edie, my, my big note here: cats, because there's lots of cat footage. Do you like, want do me to take it? Yeah. So I mean, my my feeling on this is: Do you like watching crazy old women laying around in a two bedroom room, arguing in Boston accents about things that weren't even important 43 years ago?
0: Mm-hmm. Do I have the movie for you? Uh, I think that's a good description yeah you could have added arguing uh about that stuff while also boiling corn on a hot plate in their bed (laughs) yeah Uh, i think that's an important thing to notice um or to make mention of so i watched this with andy jared yeah uh and i read i read the description of these two movies and i was like i think she would maybe like this gray gardens she kind of likes those kooky ladies yeah
1: i think that's a good call
0: uh and we watched it together and i think that uh third uh Increased our enjoyment by a lot because we mm. could bounce stuff off of each other. Uh, I thought this uh, documentary was awesome. I really enjoyed watching these greasy old ladies uh, cooking corn in their bed, feeding raccoons, and uh, just living in squalor and filth. Um, so it's like I think maybe it was because we could like whenever there was something crazy on screen, we could look at each other and talk about it, and I think that was a big plus because you you know you have a little. Little direct thing. Uh, I thought this movie was really good uh, for a few reasons. Uh, I think their story is crazy. uh, What happened to them? How they were these like uh, debutantes and like socialites. uh, And then, basically, through a series of bad men, uh, the big uh, Edith and little Edie were both uh, burned by their fathers, uh, their lovers, um, their boyfriends, uh, sons, and brothers. Um, To a point where they were just like, you know what? Fuck this. We're both going to live in this old house. Uh, we're not even going to have power for some of it. We're going to have garbage in here just so we don't have to go in the world anymore. And it's a little more complex than that because there's the issue of uh, like they're both cl- very clearly not mentally stable. Um, They like, have, they have she- some personality disorders. They they have something going on, both of them. Uh, I think at first you really think that uh, it's the daughter who has something going on because mm. uh, Edith, uh, the mom, uh, she'll like, uh, the daughter will say something like, oh, I was doing this, and Edith will be like, nobody cares, <laughs> and she'll like make a joke. Uh, or she'll like kind of, she'll say something that's like kind of supportive, but then uh, she'll look at the camera and like smirk a little bit. So you're like, holy shit, this old lady's like, She's kind of in on it. Like, she's not supporting, but uh, she knows that, like, the daughter's a little bit not completely sound. But then later in the documentary, you're like, oh, wait, Big Edith is uh, kind of a nut bar, too. And nut bar is not the right word, but she's a little bit manipulative and uh, to the point where it's like, oh, shit. Did she, like, did she kind of convince her daughter to stay there? They have a very uh Sid and Nancy relationship, Jared, where they're they both say the exact same things to each other. They're like, uh, "I could have had it all if it wasn't for you," but now I'm here. And then the other one will be like, "Well, go then. No one's keeping you here." Uh, and they they both use that argument a- against each other. It's like, "Well, I it could have been could have been great, but I had to come watch you." And then the mom will be like, "Well, go then." And then the mom will be like, "Well, I could have done a bunch of good stuff too, but here I am with you now." So. I think they feed off of each other a lot as you would when you live with your mother in a single room of a mansion for like 40 years, Yeah, you, you would develop some inter- complex relationships, I believe. Uh, but so what I really liked about this is, um, it's not like salesmen where I was like, ah, man, I hate these people. I could, and it's not like that. I related to this 80 year old woman who was just naked boiling corn in her bed. I do a little bit. I do stuff like that. Uh, but I think it was mostly like the conversations they had with each other. Like sometimes they're just talking about like pants. They're like, oh yeah, that's a good pair of pants. It's like, yeah, it's good for this kind of thing. It's good for that kind of thing. And then you're just like, it's just like you were saying, it's just pointless conversation. But it's in this movie that I'm like, you know what? I'm actually interested in this. I want to know what they have to say about these pants. Like what's going on here? And they're, they're just their day to day life, I think, is really interesting. Like uh, she'll go up to the attic and drop an entire loaf of a uh, Wonder Bread just on the floor. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the raccoons, she'll come feed some cats. They'll yell at each other for a while and then they'll go off and then they'll play some music and they'll eat in their bed together. And they make the grossest shit sometimes. Like there's a, she's spreading something on crackers at one point in this. And it looks like uh, it looks like Crisco. I don't I, I I. could never figure out what it was, but I think it was Crisco or something or like when they're boiling corn. And that guy who like wants to live there comes in and uh, he eats the corn. He's like, oh, man, this is really good corn, Edith. Oh, and she's like, guy. yeah, you always loved my corn. And he, like he's watching her make it in her bed. And you're just like, what? Like, who are these people that <laughs> live this that live this life together? You know,
1: Yeah. Like, so there's that. Yeah. The hunk guy that's like hanging out. Yeah, he's like, what's what's his angle? What's what's he uh, what's what's he? Well, it seemed
0: down? like so. Uh, Edie mentions a lot of times how the mother has letten or or has let several men stay there over the course of the last thirty years. There's like three three guys. There was the uh, Tom Logan, uh, like she names them all all the mm-hmm. time, so you get a, the name stuck. There's like Tom Logan and like Paul Skorzynski or something like that. And it was something about like how they lived there for a couple years when they were down and out. Uh, but then they would leave. And so the daughter was kind of like... She's like, well, it's just more men that have left. And then the mom... She's kind of more whatever about it. She's like, oh, well, they just needed a place to stay. It wasn't bothering us at all. So I that so th- to answer your question, the kid, I think he was the handyman mm-hmm. or something like that. But at the same time, he was like, oh, this is a pretty good gig. Mm-hmm. These old ladies just kind of hang out in their room all the time eating uh, eating weird food. I like that. So... I don't know. I think there is a lot of a lot of stuff to like in this. Uh, some, as we talk about all the time, I'm not always totally on board with uh, really greasy, dirty stuff all the time. Uh, but I was with with Nail and I, and I am with this. I think in the same kind of like trailer park boy sense, where <laughs> I think at the at their heart, they're still kind of good people. Where in the Sid and Nancy respect, they weren't. They didn't seem like it at least not to me but uh edith and edie like they're definitely delusional and like might have some sort of like edie might be schizophrenic in some way because like she's talking about stuff she's like oh i found this book in the attic who was up there and then and then she's telling the story and she's like you know what maybe i saw a guy with this book and you're just like whoa whoa what's going on here it's like did she just make that story up now School. Yeah. That's like. So, th- so like, yeah, they're like not totally mentally right. there, but I, just, I can still root for them. Yeah.
1: That's the thing that like, I feel like really kind of off about with talking about this movie is yeah. like we throw all oh, they're crazy. Right. And like, that's like yeah. the vast majority of people are going to say that. And I'm kind of like, oh man, that's like so shitty. Cause like people who actually study this stuff or know about yeah. this, they would be able to talk about this and it probably far more articulate way and like more compassionate way. And so with this documentary, they never really delve into that because I feel like, yeah, 1975, I guess when this came mm-hmm. out, um, like people didn't care about those differences. You're just like, yeah. yeah, everyone's got a crazy uncle. Everyone's got someone that's been touched or whatever, whatever. People are just mm-hmm. fucking weird. And so like nowadays it's like watching this same sort of thing. You're kind of like, yeah, you're just like, Hey, no, these people that like, probably i mean they're okay only because they're wealthy and they like oh yeah yeah if they
0: didn't have wealth they would be living on a street and they wouldn't have lasted as long as they did so they
1: have it's it's sort of it's a unique experience i mean gray gardens is kind of like a legendary documentary that's like kind of a transcended like uh as far as like mazel's like documentaries this one like there's tons of like spins on this stuff like that. And people talk about Grey mm-hmm. Gardens. This is like a kind of a touchstone of um, of documentary filmmaking, this idea, because these characters are so cr- wacky and eccentric and, like, one of a kind.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I guess at the same time, I'm kind of like, I don't know if it's, like, the most interesting documentary. Um I know that, like, yeah. I, w- I was definitely, like, ready for this thing to, like, wrap up, like, after mm-hmm. about an hour and a bit, and I was kind of like, oh, my God. Like, I'm just done with this. Like, it's not it's not doing anything new. It's just, like, more scenes of them arguing and bickering. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, I am done. I am beyond yep. this. And it's like, I got, I got it all. There's, like, no arc to anything, which is, like, no. I guess, like, that's an artificial thing to have in a documentary and nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like, but... Because like, you get to have, like, a beginning, middle, and end. This is just, like, lo- their life and their life and their life and their life. But it's just is, like... To me, it's just like, I don't know, this should be more up my alley than it is. But there's just something I don't find particularly interesting about either of them. Like, so it doesn't work as well Um, for me as others. Um, Like, whereas, like, I feel like with Salesman, I feel like it says something about uh, America that I want. Like, I feel is mm -hmm. an accurate thing about just, like, kind of how awful and empty and dreadful and dreary America is. This is kind of like, it's just like, oh, yeah, look at these people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, there, there's like the one documentary, uh, the weird and wonderful whites of West Virginia, which, mm-hmm. uh, I find is just like, it's entertaining, but it also is like a far more dynamic story. Cause it is about like white trash. Uh, people nice. who like, I don't know if, are you familiar at all with that documentary? Nope, I don't uh, know. So there's this, what's his name? Dancing Dan or whatever. So he's this like figure who like did these like fucking videos of him just dancing and he's like this incredible, like like lines or not line dancer, but two-stepper does the tap dance. And he's just like, he can do this forever. And he does it really, really amazingly well. But like, he comes from this whole family of just like people who've been in and out of jail their whole lives. It's like real, uh, as you, as you put it, like trailer park boys. Um, yep. And, but it's just like, and there's like sort of drama there because there's actual like, consequences to the things they're doing and the way that they live in like mm-hmm. actual poverty uh with Grey Gardens is kind of just like oh isn't this nice isn't this nice mental illness and like mm-hmm. there's no repercussions to anything nothing's going to come about it both people are dead now i mean um big big Edie she died like 2 years
0: after this was released and I think it was even less than that Well it, it was like 77 so yeah. uh,
1: so this came on i guess 75 76 yeah. uh and then um Uh, Edie she died in 2002 Um, Mm -hmm. And then of course So there's also There's a expanded documentary that Mm -hmm. is later on in the Criterion Collection when all these things got re-released. We'll talk about it again at that point. Uh, Is that an official creep? Yeah, it it, it is a spined number, The Beals of Grey Gardens. Mm. Uh, So that's its own documentary in itself uh, with with a bunch of other footage. So we get more expanding on this story that I Mm -hmm. don't find super engaging personally. But uh, anyway, yeah. And then there's also yes, a movie. There is also which I I had lined up to watch, but then you <laughs> watched it, and then I went, never mind. <laughs> did you see my uh, review of this movie? I, I did, and I thought, and I okay. thought, after reading it, I went, man, what's the point of even recording a podcast now? It's all in letterboxed.
0: Yeah, I wrote a pretty lengthy review. So the reason I did that, too, is like I was saying, uh, we actually uh, enjoyed Grey Gardens. Yeah, uh, I thought it was pretty I thought it was uh, I liked it more than I thought I would. And I'm not like surprised that you didn't like it. I thought you would have liked it. I thought this was a Jarrett pick. Yeah. But I do understand what you mean, where it is kind of a touchy thing where when you watch people that have clear, uh Like mental illness, and you're kind of like, How how am I supposed to be interpreting this right here? Like, is this good or bad? And it's like, like you said too, it's only because they were well off. And basically, this whole movie is like, It it exists because they were related to Jackie Onassis. So it's, and like, she bailed her out at one, bailed them out at one point. Right. So if if that didn't happen, it's like what you're saying, they probably would have just died. Yeah. Well, and and no one
1: would have known. We didn't really talk about the origin, I guess like, so this started off was that the Onassises wanted the Maisels to make a documentary about the family. Mm -hmm. Um, and they did, they shot a bunch of footage and when they are looking over it all, they're like the real stories, these guys, like this, this is interesting. And like from a documentary standpoint, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is what you would go with. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, there's like something about like, and we'll get to it one day, like, uh, with Errol Morris's documentary Gates of Heaven. Uh, His documentary on uh, like animal funeral homes, like Mm -hmm. and like and that sort of stuff, or animal cemeteries and what and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like this feeling of these 70s documentaries that kind of like I don't know, they're not they have a weird vibe to them that I don't think ages well. Um, but I don't know if that's like a weird production thing or just something about like oh, we're past that. Like 60s documentaries, it, 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 it snaps into place and has a right feel to it 70 stuff has a total like kind of a hang dog kind Mm -hmm. of vibe to it but uh yeah and I don't know like I've actually this could have fit into like news at one point so like have you seen that trailer for that uh uh Steve Steve Carell movie that's coming out the Um, Marwin yeah is that
0: is that supposed to be about Marwin Cole?
1: that is a that is a a film version of the story mm, that is in Marwin Call. I don't think Call. I like that. No, it fuck. I that's it's brutal. So uh, yeah. for people who don't know, so Marwin Call uh, was a documentary uh, that's actually I think quite good. I think it's a like, very. Oh yeah, int- it's that a, movie is yeah, really good. Yeah, it's a very good documentary. Um, yep. And now, uh, not getting into it too much. There is a Steve Carell movie coming out. Uh, starring him as the main character of Marwin Call, the Marwin, or whatever the event of Marwin, uh, he's like the guy, and it's a fictional take on this. I mean, it's a based on a true story sort of version of it, and I like think it. I I, didn't even, I don't even want to click on the trailer, but. Everything I've seen about it and responses is like, this is brutal. Like, no, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it seems like a ton of people have no idea that that documentary exists. And Which is too bad. And I'm like, man, because it's like, that's what, like, to me, it's like, because that's a depiction of like a guy who is messed up and has a whole lot of things going on with mm-hmm. him. But there's sort of like an arc to the story. That yeah. it, that's like oh it's uplifting and whatever you want to call it. And Great Gardens does not uplift. That is not its intent either. I don't think to me like it doesn't have like a uh, a point to it. It's just like oh here's these people. Well-
0: yeah, no, there's nothing uplifting about it. It's just like you're no. seeing these two people that like or
1: downlifting. Like, it's not downlifting yeah. like a uh, salesman either. It's just kind of like, oh, this yeah. is like watching the family from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the yeah, real, and it's just like, yeah. and they're but they're not trying to kill anybody. They're just arguing with one another, and they're not like you know wearing people's faces on their face or anything like that. Yeah, you know?
0: they're just they're just there arguing. But I think it's like I was or. Er, I don't know. I thought it was interesting enough to uh, watch them on YouTube because, like I said, you get a little look into their complex relationship because you're like, okay, well, it's like what's really what really happened here? Is it because of the sequences of like all these shitty guys that basically abandoned them, like the husband and father just left and then there was like boyfriends that just left and it's like well that can't be it like they they very clearly have some sort of mental illness between the two of them they force like, this situation
1: yeah, yeah
0: and and but then you see kind of like how they interact with each other and kind of build off of each other's different like squabbles and like different things that they get uh, stuck up on it's like because like with edie she's all all about like how she could have been a star and stuff like that and she always she like keeps hammering it and hammering it and then you see how the mother's kind of like tired of it and doesn't really like it but then the mother has stuff that she doesn't like either and then edie like there's this weird thing that they go back and forth between each other so
1: yeah and man like just thinking about Uh, like in my family there was like there's always the story of like this one aunt my parents like my mom's aunt and she's like oh it's crazy Ruby or whatever her name was Mm -hmm. and it's just like oh she was just crazy and blah 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 and talk about oh yeah no I think she might have been molested by my great grandfather weird stuff Uh like that and it's always like uh, I I never met any of these people it's just like weird stuff you hear offhand and then you find out like later on because like she would tell people this happened but then it's like now it's like oh no she had by polar like diseases yeah. like that. And she like lived in Victoria and like she got away from all these family members and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it's like in real life, it's like, well, that's like messed up and you, no one wants to talk about it. And it's like people just, oh, they're crazy. And, uh, this so-and-so yeah. happened, but that's just life. And so with the documentary about this stuff, uh, I mean, there's probably elements to that too, because, mm-hmm. uh, like man, uh, women have a hard time of life, is what I'll say. Yep. And it's just in, in this era that wouldn't have been even talked about, but there's probably mm-hmm. some element of that there in these rich families where people would never even think about, like, oh, hey, yep. this, that was a bad thing that happened to me. But I'm just going to deal with it. And now we're amusing crazy cat people in documentaries. Ha <laughs> ha
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but speaking, speaking of like of which, ba- bad yeah. bad uh f- based on true events films yeah so there's a 2009 hbo movie called gray gardens it stars drew barrymore as edie and jessica lane as a uh, big edith uh, so you got two hot shots here uh this is a somewhat retelling somewhat look into the ba- like the previous lives of uh these ladies um the guy who made this like he just did a bunch of like romance movies uh and this is like just some it was an hbo show that just showed one day uh this thing sucks a lot i really hated it uh because um because like us i i actually enjoyed Grey gardens quite a bit And we watched that. And immediately after we were done, we popped on this uh, retelling of Grey Gardens, which I think made all of the bad things about it just like just they were glaring and you couldn't help but notice it, especially for like lines of dialogue. So uh, this thing is super uh, or it's very superficial. Um, The guy who wrote this, I think, watched Grey Gardens and Mm -hmm. just wrote down Like lines and dialogue from uh, research. Yeah. Yeah. He just (laughs) wrote down stuff and then he was like, all right, we're going to use this line somewhere in this movie. Uh, Like there's stuff and it's really it's targeted and it's heavy handed and there's like verbatim quotes that are taken out and they're just thrown in. And I don't know if it's supposed to be like ironic or whimsical because eventually those things do uh, come true in the documentary so just for an example there are a few things that they talk about a lot in the documentary like uh there's a time where edie gets really mad at her mom and she's like oh she is such a staunch woman she's like she's the most staunch woman that i know and it's like a little scene it's like a two minute scene of her kind of venting about her mom so naturally in the 2009 gray gardens uh I think about six times Drew Barrymore is like, oh, I'm so staunch. I love being a staunch woman. Hey, Ma, you're so staunch. And you're just (laughs) like, that's weird. Uh, But then there's also scenes like, and it's it's like one scene from the documentary where uh, the mom will be like, oh, yeah, she's like, I can have my cake and eat it, too. Like, I did that. I had the best life. Uh, so there are a series of scenes in the movie that are like, you can't have your cake and eat it too, Edie. And it's like, I can have my cake and eat it, too. And like, they just it's it's stuff like that. And then there's even worse ones that are like, you they just drop them on you. And you're like, come on. Like, so Edie loses her hair in real life so throughout the entire fucking movie of this thing it's like it's like i hope you don't lose your hair and it's like oh you have the most beautiful hair (laughs) and it's like don't stress you know stress makes uh, your hair fall out Uh, and it's just like come on you guys like it's so uh like i don't know any other way to describe it's so heavy-handed and like superficial it's just like so some guy watched the documentary and just wrote down stuff that he heard and he's like oh I can write a screenplay about this (laughs) um and I think it's kind of unfortunate too because I think if you like the documentary you do kind of want to see more about these people's lives and they show you a little bit about before they were just kind of living in this garbage pit um you see it a little bit and that's okay uh but one of the other things this thing does that's really bad and annoying is they do reenactments of the documentary team they're filming, <laughs> and uh, they do two things. They do you – know, ex- my, my mental image is that, like – and they're cast
1: uh, – They like, cast uh, the Maisels, and, like, so you see that inter- – who, who, who are the actors that play the Maisels? I'm uh, curious. Because yeah. I'm always like – is one of them Mark Ruffalo? Because he seems to be, like, the type of guy they just no. cast to play him. Mean, just because that's, what he, There's that's, this that's guy. his role in life now.
0: There's this guy that, uh, one of them I didn't really remember, but there was this guy that's like, I see that fucking guy everywhere. Yeah. One guy was named Ari Gross. Uh, this guy's in tons of stuff. He was in like Minority Report and he's a big TV actor, I and, think. And, Not and big, one but. of the uh, actors that play the McPoyles. That's usually how it goes. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo oh, well, and guy's one of kind them. Of like- uh, so the other guy is Lewis Ferreira, which you won't know him by name. But if you see this guy, you'll know exactly who he is. He was in like uh, Breaking Bad and he was in he's in like a series oh, of the, TV. The, the old he's guy. He's not like old. Oh, okay. um, he's not in like a ton of Breaking Bad. He's in like, I don't know, maybe like six, seven episodes or something like that. But I don't I can't even tell you what else he's in. Uh, It's beside the point anyway. Yeah, it's just when you see him, you know exactly who he is uh so yeah so you see them as the document like making the documentary and you're like and then they do two things here they do exact reenactments of what was in the documentary but they try to recreate the quality of the footage so it's like digitally yeah digitally it's like grainy distress and like it will like warble and like wave and stuff like that just like
1: in the film like just like in the film but it doesn't happen at all
0: but it's like manufac yeah, it's like this manufactured thing to make it look old. And you're like, why are they doing that? Uh, and then the other thing that really fucking annoyed me was uh, they'll show a scene that was in the documentary, and even down to like the movements of like wh- how uh, they're walking through the room, but they changed the dialogue to a different scene that was in the documentary. Uh, and it was really noticeable. Like, so there's a scene where. Um, in the documentary where edie comes out on the porch and she's like you know i think my time at great gardens is uh limited and (laughs) she goes on this thing about like how she won't be there anymore uh and in this uh it's a scene of her at the beach and she's giving the same monologue and it's like why did you change it so like why why do you have both of them where you have the exact reenactments and then this weird like weird thing where you're using the dialogue but you're it's in the wrong context like you're changing where it comes up I don't get it like why why what are you doing I I don't know man I I guess people if it was all one way or the other they'd be like oh why don't you just watch the documentary or like I don't know this thing this thing sucks yeah if you like gray gardens the documentary just leave it at that just leave it. That's it.
1: Leave the memories alone.
0: Yeah. There's nothing else out there for you.
1: Well. Yeah. Why Th- thanks for thanks for taking the bullet on that one. Uh, I, I tried. Yeah. Uh, but hey RJ. Yeah. Who who hates these documentaries? Probably a few people. As far as salesman goes, Zach Morris, half mm. a star. The only thing worse than being pitched to by scummy salesmen watching it over and
0: over uh that's pretty uh pretty hot talk for some guy who has split in his favorite movies oh shit uh-huh yeah that's
1: right split so fuck him. split more like shit <laughs>
0: <laughs> take that M. nice shot
1: and zach uh yeah bob gave this movie salesman one star And he writes lengthily. Salesman is a documentary about four guys who are trying to sell Bibles to lower-income families in New England and Florida. There's also a scene from a sales meeting in Chicago. The documentary focuses on the badger, a guy who's struggling to make a sale. I drifted back and forth through four phases while watching. One phase was curiosity, watching these people from a different era and soaking in their interactions as well as the climate. The second phase was boredom. You can only listen to them complain about dips and quads or recite the same lyric from If I Were a Rich Man for So Long. Mm -hmm. The third third phase was humor, laughing at things not meant as funny. Uh, A Bible like that will build up a heritage in the home. Well, I for one will triple my production for the year of 67. And the fourth phase was pain at the awkward conversations between would-be customers and these salesmen. I know we're supposed to feel for them, but I don't sympathize with or romanticize sales, let alone cold calling, especially when it starts feeling like an early precursor to multi-level marketing. Worst Mm -hmm. job I ever had was telemarketing, and I only worked in it for a few days. What a world. If I were to criticize this on its merits as art or on its cultural value, I'd likely give it a higher score, but as a movie fan, watching for enjoyment, I would not call this worth the time. Time, I watch it because I'm looking forward to seeing it spoofed by Seth Meyers in documentary now.
0: <laughs> hmm. You know, I'm actually kind of on board with uh, with this guy's review here of a uh, salesman. But would you say um, that it's a one star movie? No, I would. I think that's not fair. But yeah. uh, this guy's kind of all over the place. Uh, he's got a five star pick, uh, like a Jarrett pick, happiness. Yeah, and he's got a five star RJ pick in. Uh, Batman v. Superman, Dawn of Justice. What? uh, Oh, boy. So, dude's all over the place. Wow. Dude's all over the place. Uh,
1: And as far as uh, old Grey Gardens go, uh, Sha Wajing, half Mm -hmm. a star. The first 30 minutes are interesting, but by the end, it's just two regretful old ladies bickering.
0: They're not wrong.
1: Words right out of my mouth. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah. um, They like Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Could you have
1: guessed? Don't, don't we all? Yeah. Uh, Neo Anderson. That's some uh, some Matrix references hey, there I was for gonna, you.
0: You want to guess what their number one favorite film is? <laughs> the Matrix.
1: Yes, it is. Half a star. This is the shittest film I've ever seen in my life shit ass documentary literally wanted to die watching this if this has a fucking 3.9 anything is possible only gets a 0.5 for somehow managing to get even one star from fucking esoteric shitty edgy critics this is shit don't watch it seriously save yourself emoji movie is better i'm not kidding and yes i appreciate good film this is not good. Oh. Stop trying to make it good. Mm-hmm. I tried so hard to understand and enjoy, but you can't. It's impossible. But this movie making this score isn't so. Fuck. She also sounds like JFK.
0: Um, this person says they appreciate good film, hey? Such as? Such as The King's Speech. Five stars. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Five stars. King uh, King Arthur. A uh, Legend of the Sword, one of my favorite movies, five stars. Uh, the Pursuit of Happiness, Spider-Man: Homecoming, Get Smart. What? Five star, five star, five star. Nobody thinks those are. That's a five star movie. Yeah, this person's a liar. <laughs> uh, they have Lawrence of Arabia in their favorite films, which I f- I feel like is a come on. Like they're they're not really liking that movie. Lindsay
1: Wilson, one star. Thanks, I hate it. <laughs>
0: Uh, that's pretty good. I liked uh, Oh, I like that other guy when he called it shit ass. I thought that was funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I do like. that. It's not the shittiest film I've ever seen. It's the shittest. The
0: shittest shit ass. Uh, what, what, uh, what is
1: what is Lindsay uh doing?
0: Some pretty good, actually. Uh, this lady's on the level. It could be a uh, man. Well, it could be. I well, in the picture it looks like a lady, but okay. I mean we can't make assumptions here. This is a quality podcast. That's right. Uh, in their favorite movies, we got Jaws. There you go. Something called Thirty Six Hours with James Garner, Cape huh. Fear with Gregory Peck, Whoa. and The Great Escape. Uh, with your buddy Steve McQueen. Gross. That movie's not good. Yeah, they got good movies in here though. That's like not bad. Uh, your your favorite movie, West Side Story, and uh, my favorite movie, Monsters Inc. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, this lady or uh, non-gender, um, non gender non binary whatever Wh- however they identify they ha- they like some good movies outstanding yep well,
1: there there's the, well there's your hate this week Uh um, yeah i i like that salesman uh great gardens um is everything i kind of thought it was going to be um, it's
0: funny we uh we flipped on this one we flipped on it and you didn't and you like the second movie more than the first this time which never ever happens so you you guys remember this this is the one time it happened Yeah. Well, I think that's that, RJ. We did
1: it. We gave them yeah. what they want. Who? Them. Who? Who is this them? Our patrons. Oh. Our We don't, have,
0: we don't have any patrons. <laughs> well, we got some. We
1: got like. Uh, my- I don't know. After the break, I'm gonna sell RJ a Bible. A good one. The best. It'll be blank, and you can use it to burn to keep yourself
0: warm. Uh.
1: salesman what would you have to say about the hungarian experience that you would try to like weasel in on somebody and like convince
0: them that uh they should own a a bible the hungarian experience yeah be a lot of goulash man yeah a lot of goulash and uh that's it they wouldn't try to sell you anything they'd just be like here eat this goulash you you look thin eat (laughs) Eat, eat. (laughs) (laughs) i got you hey yeah just left speechless
1: yeah uh rendered mum uh you can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com and uh tell us about your racial stereotypes you would exploit if you were a salesman mm-hmm. we got a facebook page we're on instagram we're on letterbox i'm jared duck and he's barnloaf we're on youtube we got a patreon you can give us money We've got Good. a SoundCloud, we've got a Stitcher, an iTunes, a Google Play, all those platforms. They're all covered. And hey, if you're a new listener uh, and you haven't rated us yet on that iTunes or something, maybe you should do that. It helps us out a little bit. We're sure still knows. we're still buried underneath all these older podcasts that do Criterion that have stopped.
0: Dead podcasts. Dead
1: podcasts. There's fucking, you know, there's our shows, RJ, that say Criterion in them. And they don't even just talk about Criterion's what, what a
0: bunch of chumps
1: chumps and there's the people that have like no commitment and they just jump around they just jump around doing their episodes like oh let's pick up this one because it's good but guess what they're not going through the shit that nobody gives shit about the stuff that no one li- no one the ones that people don't even go back and listen to because they're like henry v who cares about that grandpa movie and they're right mm-hmm. to think that but guess what we did it we represent we cover all the bases we're living the criterion experience and let me tell you folks it's not all it's cracked up to be it's a no. dark lonely experience
0: uh, i think in the preamble we disguise uh we described it as living forever in eternal pain that's right it's like careful a, what you yeah, wish for guys. Nail,
1: nails to the cock all the time
0: uh, you're watching too much
1: hardcore porn dude <laughs> For uh, real? uh, next week we're taking the week off. Are we? Yeah, we're taking the week off. RJ's okay. busy. I can't make it work any other day. Uh, I and actually yeah. the, And the big problem there, uh, I mean, beyond you being an unreliable piece of shit, mm. is that uh, we got a big fucking affair ahead of us. We got <laughs> yeah, we got spine one hundred and twenty four. And that there is the Carl Theodore Dreyer collection. And guess what, mm-hmm. RJ? That motherfucker is made up of four goddamn films. Four. I just want
0: to, I just want, I know no one listens to this, but I just want to uh, acknowledge that you, you, you're you bl- giving me the blame for this. Uh, there's one day next week I cannot podcast. The other six are open. So you guys figure out who, uh, <laughs> you figure out who really pushed things back a week.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We got in the week after that, though, because we're yeah. gonna be, we're gonna be doing our homework. We're gonna okay. we're gonna watch a whole bunch of movies, or maybe not. Maybe this is it. Maybe this there's no more. It. Maybe there's no more episodes. Who knows? We because it's gonna be Spines one twenty five and one twenty six. Carl Theodore Dreyer's Day of Wrath from nineteen forty three and Ordet from nineteen fifty five. Is that good? Uh, it's been I've seen both those movies. I, unlike yeah. the other two. And uh, I remember these movies being pretty fucking good. So I'm a little stoked about watching them again, seeing how they hold up.
0: Um, This is uh the guy who made uh all-time creep, isn't it? Our number yeah, one pick.
1: It sure is. Yeah, this is cool. I'm into this. Yeah. Uh Yeah, I'll be dusting off that big box that I've got of this because it's out hey, of print.
0: You should have slinged that bad boy in my way um pass figure it out oh. well, you can watch right. you can
1: figure, you can watch these subtitled movies on your laptop
0: like, I think a couple of them are on canopy actually well, that would
1: be good yeah. so yeah uh if we record something next week you're gonna find out but uh, at this time I don't think it's happening but you don't pay mm-hmm. us anything anyways except for those who do and we love you but the rest yeah, those of those guys are cool the rest of you crumb bums eat it we'll be back in two weeks <laughs> Eh, good
0: night. <laughs>
1: Ooh.